closet was dark and Evelyn couldn't see very well. What if she couldn't find the string she was looking for because it was too dark? What if things were to fall out of the closet while she was looking? What if she created a mess? Or what if her new bike was too big and she couldn't ride it? Or what if she fell off? What if, what if, what if? Life is full of uncertainties and unknowns. How do we move past the fearful what-ifs to look for the positive possibilities? In today's episode, we talk about how we can help our children let go of the fearful anxiety of unknown and choose to have faith and hope in the future. Listen to find out what happened to Evelyn as her mother helped her learn how to intentionally choose to have faith. Welcome to the My Teaching Matters podcast, where our mission is to help you, the intentional parent, to teach your children in such a way that they can personally experience the power of Jesus Christ while still at home. everybody to the My Teaching Matters podcast. I'm Leslie Johnson, and I'm here today with my second daughter, Haley Johnson. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to do kind of a follow-up on last week's topic. Last week, we talked about the scripture from Doctrine and Covenants 6825 about the responsibility for parents to teach their children to understand certain principles of the gospel. And today we want to explore the second doctrine that was spoken about in the scripture, and that's faith. Um, and so today my question is simply, why is the doctrine of faith one of only three doctrines specifically commanded that we should teach? What is it about faith that's so important? What are your thoughts, Haley? Yeah, that is a really excellent question, um, one that I've had a lot of questions about, so who knows how much help I'm going to be. <laughs> but um, I, like on my mission, I mean, that was the first thing that we would teach our investigators would be faith, faith in Jesus Christ. And so it is that first principle of the gospel, and everything else is built upon this doctrine. And so it's worthwhile and important for us to understand it and how to access the power that comes from faith. And in that talk that President Nelson gave this last conference, he said that Faith in Jesus Christ is the foundation of all belief and the conduit of divine power. So we're going to dive deep into a couple of of these concepts that he talked about. I love that. So let's look at what it actually means, the foundation of all belief. So if faith is our foundation, how do we build a strong foundation if we're struggling with our faith? You know, for me, I feel like one of the spiritual gifts that I have been blessed with is the gift of faith. It's easy for me to believe. And it's Lucky. easy. I know, right? And But I know that it's not easy for others because I have members of my family like you and, and your dad who that doesn't come as easily for. So I recognize that while faith might be easy for me, it's not for everyone. So so Haley, tell me a little bit about um, how you are working on building a foundation of faith. Yeah, good question. Um, so for all of you listeners, one thing that's really important to understand about me <clears throat> is I am just an extremely logical person when it comes to making decisions. Like if in any sense it doesn't make sense what I'm doing, then it's really hard for me to move forward. Um, so that aspect of faith can sometimes be really hard for me. Um, and so like I said, if there's something that doesn't make sense or if there's a scary or life, a large life decision that I'm having to make, 
I often find myself very paralyzed with fear, and I've realized that in my life, and maybe some of you other listeners feel this way too, that it's filled with a lot of relative darkness, that I feel like a lot of my life, it's not quite so clear what I need to do, and that darkness sometimes consumes my life, and not necessarily like a scary darkness, but just a lot of unknown. And so I think it's easy to recognize that light will always surpass the darkness. Like when people are like, rely on Jesus Christ, he will help you. I'm like, well, yeah, but <laughs> like, how do I do that? <laughs> what does it look like? Um, and so I think that's one thing that I really struggle with. But one thing that has helped me recently, and I think it's important to understand that that faith isn't just an event, but it's a process and something that we're continually trying to build. And so there's this idea of choosing between walking in faith or walking in fear. And I was talking to someone the other day about this concept and how he was like, well, Haley, you're going to have to walk. So you can either choose to walk in faith or you can walk in fear. And I was like, oh, (laughs) well, (laughs) well, then why don't I just walk in faith then? (laughs) And obviously that's way easier said than done. But um, and then he continued to tell me he was like, Sometimes all you can do is just embrace that fear and then that alone will help you move forward in faith. Isn't that so interesting? So the idea then is just to be, yeah, this is scary. Yeah, I'm afraid. Yeah, this is something I don't want to do. Um, and then just say, but I got to do it anyway. Or, or what does that mean when you do say embrace the fear? Yeah, good question. Um I think sometimes even just recognizing that it's scary can alone help me move forward. Mm. Like the Nike saying that says, just do it. I think that's a lot of how my life works, (laughs) where (laughs) I just kind of have to be like, okay, this is a good thing. I recognize that I'm scared and I just need to move forward Um, because I know enough about God to know that he's not going to let me mess up. That's not something that's not part of his nature. He loves me way too much to to let me mess up on his watch. Does that make sense? I like that. I like that a lot. So for you, it's just recognizing that, okay, yeah, this is a scary thing, um, but I'm choosing to move forward even though it is scary. Instead of saying, this is so scary, I can't do it. This is, you know, what am I going to do? You're saying, okay, (laughs) yeah, I get this is scary, but I'm going to choose to move forward anyway. Mm -hmm. And I One thing that has also really helped me, and I think dad has helped me um, clarify this in my mind, but I read this article once about how it talked about you're not messing up God's plan for you. And at that time, it really spoke to me. And I think a lot of mothers might feel this way, too, about not knowing how to move forward in faith or not knowing what to teach their kids or how to help them progress or to help them develop this faith. Um, But one thing that's really helped me is recognizing that I am a co-creator with God, that my plan in my journey in life, I'm not walking through this laser mind field that if I step one step out of line, then my whole life is going to be messed up. But <laughs> that that God wants to be a part of my life and I'm creating it with him. And so I can't really mess it up because everything that I choose and everything that I do that is good is part of God's plan. And if I am going down the wrong path, then he is going to correct me eventually to help me because he, like I said before, he loves me way too much to leave me hanging. 
You know, as a parent, that is easier to understand maybe than for you, Haley, who you haven't had the opportunity yet to raise your own children and recognize that love that you have for for your children. But as you say that, I can just think of back in time of when you kids were little and you came to me and you wanted to... Um, you wanted to have some cats. And I'm like, I don't want cats. I hate cats. But you wanted some cats. You found this stray cat and you wanted to take it home. And I like, you know what? If that's important to her, if that's something she wants to do, there's some things that she can learn from this. So yeah, let's go for it. And I'm like, okay, Haley, let's take that cat home. And so um, that was great. We had that cat for a lot of years and you had a lot of enjoyment from that cat. And <laughs> And we compromised. <laughs> we compromised because I didn't let the cat in the house, and you still got to play with the cat outside. So <laughs> it caught all the the mice. And you know, that cat really was the best, wasn't it? <laughs> it was great. And so I can see from a, um, a loving Heavenly Father's point of view that that you're right. There is no certain. Um, path through this maze of life that we have to take. And if we take a wrong turn, then we'll be eaten by the monster. You know, it's that's right. not how it is. Um, and so having faith that it's okay to move forward and try something new. Um, and and that, that probably pleases Heavenly Father. I mean, in my mind, I was happy that you wanted to try something, that you wanted to do something new. And, and so I was willing to help you with that. And I think if we think of a Heavenly Father in those kind of terms, um, that can help us have faith. So I really, I really like that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I think it can help mothers to recognize that there isn't like one way to do this. There's mm-hmm. not one way to teach your kids faith and there's not just one way, but there's a lot of ways, but simply receiving some tools to help you figure out how to do that, I think is more powerful than giving a step-by-step. Does that make sense? I don't know if that... No, I do. Absolutely. Because each family is unique. Each child is unique. And, um, you know, part of God's plan is to teach us correct principles and let us govern ourselves. And we need to do the same with our children because uh, they are individuals and they have a learning style that is their own and they're, they'll be taught by their own experiences. So as parents, it's it's up to us to help create those experiences. It's us to help... It's up to us to help them recognize when those experience, experiences happen. Um, but it's not our job to give them faith. We can't. Right. We can, we can only provide those, those opportunities. So, you know, one right. of the things that I loved about President Nelson talk was how uh, his talk about faith just recently in the last conference was that, um, he talks about how faith is like a seed that can grow. And I know that, um, Lindsay, um, who's usually here with us, um, has had some experience with her daughter, Evelyn, um, that, it, that really illustrates this idea of growing faith. And uh, while she's not here with us today, I had asked her to record a story and um, share it with us to kind of help us see how it might look um, as we co-create with God, as we try to help teach our children through their own experiences, what faith looks like and how it can work in their lives. So let's listen to Lindsay. When my oldest daughter was in kindergarten, she suffered from mild form of anxiety. And she would often um, be very nervous about things. And she'd ask me all the time, well, what if this happens? And what if this happens? And what if this happens? And she was scared to go try and do new things. Um, and it was getting to be a problem. Like we, we, we noticed this, this trend in her and... Um, how she just was often, often worried and, and nervous about things. 
So we decided as family that we were going to focus on choosing faith over fear. We wanted to spend some time talking about this concept and try to help her realize that she didn't have to be afraid of everything and that she could choose faith. So we decided to introduce the subject with um, a family home evening lesson where we played Simon Says. And as we played Simon Says, every time that she did what Simon said, she would earn a penny. And we actually do this with the whole family. So even my, my husband and my, um, my, my five-year-old who was in kindergarten and then my uh, three-year-old still. And then there was a baby who couldn't really play. But um, we're all playing together. And they, they were earning pennies by doing what Simon said. And eventually they could earn a gummy bear every time they earned five pennies. And so we played this game a couple of times. And on the third time, as they were doing, you know, Simon says to touch your nose. Simon says to touch your head. Um, and we're playing this game. And I, I says, okay, Simon says to give me all your money. They had they'd earned four pennies at this point. Um, and they had a choice where they could give me all their pennies or not. Um, and the three-year-old immediately gave me her pennies. She she just gave them right to me. Um, but my husband was like, no, I don't want to give them to you. Like, if I give you my four pennies, then I'll just get one. But if I keep my pennies and I don't earn one this time, but then I only have to do it one more time to earn my gummy bear. He's explaining this to my five-year-old who um, decides that she doesn't want to give me her pennies either. And so her and her, my husband keep keep their pennies and... Um, so my three-year-old, because she gave me her four pennies, I gave her a quarter and she was able to, um, earn five gummy bears. And my five-year-old was like, what? I want five gummy bears. And, um, I says, well, you didn't give me, you didn't give me your pennies. You chose to be afraid of what was going to happen. And anyway, so we had, a, we had a great little discussion on how, you know, we have the choice when we're faced with something, we have the choice where we can be afraid and not do something, or we can have faith that Heavenly Father wants us to do something that's going to be good for us, even though it's hard, right? Or mom wants us to do something that's going to be good for us, even though it's hard. The reward is going to be greater than the fear of what's left behind. Um, and then we practiced again where, you know, we, we earned our four coins and I says, okay, Simon says to give me your coins. And this time everyone gave me their coins and they get got their extra gummy bears, um, so we were able to practice that way. So that, that, that set up the, that was our family home evening, right? And we talked about this, about choosing faith over fear. Well, a few days later, my daughter um, wanted to do an activity that involved some yarn. And so she came to me and she says, hey, mom, can I, um, can I use some yarn? And I says, yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't get it for you right now, though I'm busy, but you can go get it yourself. It's in the closet. She says, well, mom, but that's a dark closet. And what if I can't reach? And what if I make a big mess? And what if I can't see it and find it? And what if, what if? I says, hey, Evelyn, do you remember when we did that activity about choosing faith over fear when you had to give me your gummy bears? Was that scary? Yeah, that was scary. But what happened? Well, but then I got more, more gummy bears when I gave you my coins. I says, yeah, that's right. Do you think that you can choose faith this time? And if things fall, we can clean it up. And if you can't find it, well, then we'll come back and we'll find it later together. But but can you go try? She says, takes a deep breath and says, yeah, I'll go try. So she goes, um, so she went and she found the yarn. And she came back. She says, mom, I did it. And it didn't make a mess. And you were right. She says, well, excellent, Evelyn. Well done. 
Then a couple weeks later, she um, she had her birthday, her sixth birthday, and she got a new bike. And but it was it was a little bit big for her, and she was really nervous to ride this bike. Um, and she didn't want to do it. Well, what if I fall? And what if I can't do it? And what if what if what if? She says, "Hey, sweetheart, do you remember the gummy bear game?" She says, "Yeah, I remember." Do you remember when you got the stuff out of the closet? Yeah, I was able to do it. I says, okay, I'm going to ask you to do this hard thing to ride your bike. Is it a little bit scary? She says, yeah, it's scary. I says, but what do you think will happen or could happen if you do it? She says, well, maybe, maybe I can do it. And maybe, you know, maybe it'll be really great. I says, okay, well, let's try it. And so she hopped on her bike and she rode it and she realized that she could ride faster and better on this big bike than she could on her little one. And she was so excited. So you can see how, you know, we started by just at home, you know, choosing faith by giving me her coins and then choosing faith by getting something out of the dark closet and then riding a bike. And it kind of just progressed. Well, the coolest part though was still yet to happen. And this happened another week or two later. And her, her kindergarten teacher called me on the phone and she says, um, you know, is, is everything all right at home? I says, yeah, everything's fine. She says, okay, well, I just want to check because Evelyn's been playing by herself at recess and um, she hasn't been playing with her friends. And I just wanted to make, like, if, if you knew anything about it or just make sure that, that things were all right. I just wanted to check on you guys. I says, yeah, I, 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 everything's fine with us. Um, I, she hasn't told me anything about it. I don't, I don't know, but I'll, I'll ask her and, and we'll see what's going on. So that night, as I put Evelyn to bed, I says, hey, hey, Evelyn, um, what have you been doing at recess recently? She says, well, mom, I've been, all my friends are playing a vampire bat game and they're running around and I don't know how to play this game and it requires lots of running and I'm worried I'll get tired and I don't know how to play and it's a scary and I'm scared. So instead I just swing by myself. And he says, oh, okay, well, do you want to try playing that game with your kids? Well, but I don't know how, and I don't, I don't, um, what if I get tired? He says, well, Evelyn, remember when you gave me the coins? She says, yeah. He says, what happened? Well, it was hard, but, but then I got something even better. He says, what about when you got the stuff out of the closet? Yeah, it was hard, but I, I was able to do it. He says, what about when you rode your bike? Yeah, well, that was scary too, but, but I did it and I was able to go faster. And he says, what do you think? Do you, do you want to try playing with your friends? What do you think that we could do to to play with your friends? And she says, well, maybe I could ask them how to play. And if I get tired, then I can just go to the timeout spot. Or to the, yeah, to the timeout spot. And I says, yeah, that's a great idea. Do you want to try it tomorrow? Do you think that tomorrow you can choose to have faith and just ask your friends how to play and just try it? She says, yeah, I'm going to try. So the, um, the next day she went and told me she was going to try again. And then, um, she, that, that day I went to go pick her up from school. Um, and I'll never forget. I got out of my car and I say, your class come out and your teacher's starting to release people. And I'm go standing out at the front of the sidewalk and I see her teacher let her go. And she just comes running at me. She just comes running straight at me with the big old grin on her face. She comes and she jumps into my arms and she says, mom, I did it. I asked my friends how to play and that was the most fun game ever and I want to play with them every day and I that that wasn't scary at all it was so much fun I want to do this every day and she just was so excited and I just remember being so 
proud of her and so grateful that she was able to overcome some of that fear that she had um, and choose to have faith. And so you can see what started an experience just at home of choosing faith to give me her, her coins and then having faith that she could get something out of the dark closet and then having faith that she could ride a bike and then having faith that she could ask her friends and figure out a way to play so that she didn't have to be by herself. Um, her faith continued to grow. And now two years later, um, you would have no idea that she used to be that way. She's fun. She's energetic. She's outgoing. She loves people. She loves things. She loves adventures. Um, and that, that fearfulness is gone. And so that's been really fun. So faith is built upon faith. You have to experience faith to increase your faith. You have to exercise faith to increase your faith. So in the story that Lindsay shares about Evelyn, Lindsay was guiding Evelyn through the steps of practicing having faith, you know, choosing faith over fear. Remember when you uh, rode your bike and it ended up being a lot more fun than you thought? Remember when you were able to get the yarn out of the closet and um, it wasn't that scary? Um, I'll bet that you can go to school and go through this new game and I'll bet that you can do it. So by starting out small and doing just small exercises of faith, she was able to build upon that and grow her faith and um, I think that that's really an important concept that as parents, we can help our children choose to recognize that they have a choice about faith. So you can choose to have faith in this situation or you can choose to be afraid. And the opposite is also true. If we feed our fears or our doubts, they will grow. And so we have to be careful what we feed. You know, are we going to choose to feed fear or are we going to choose to feed, to feed faith? Yeah, I think that is... So good, Mom. Um, it reminds me of a scripture that I read on my mission. Um, let me just grab my scriptures real quick. So um, I had this study about faith one time, and I, uh, it's so good. And everyone knows this scripture. It's in um, Ether chapter 12, and it's talking about how we receive no witness until after the trial of our faith, right? And it was by faith that Christ showed himself unto our fathers. He showed not himself unto them until after they had faith in him. So this idea of like exercising faith and then afterwards we getting a confirmation, right? And that that is emphasized in the story with Evelyn. Um, but in this study that I had, um, there was these two different ideas of faith. There's this idea of preparatory faith and this idea of redemptive faith. And this idea of preparatory faith is formed by past experiences or like maybe small experiences. So maybe when I was little, I lost my favorite soccer ball. And I remember that I was so sad that I had lost the soccer ball. And like looking back now, I mean, that wasn't really that big of a deal. But in my like little seven-year-old mind, I was like, I'm so sad, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And God knew and he cared. And so as I prayed, I, I was like, Heavenly Father, I really want to find my soccer ball. Can you help me find it? And I remember looking around the house again and lo and behold, I found my soccer ball. Um, and that little experience helped grow my faith. That's what we call preparatory faith. And then this idea of when we have built faith, like what we're trying to do with our kids, we then are given experiences where we call redemptive faith. And this redemptive faith is, is often exercised toward experiences in the future. So the unknown, which provides opportunities for the miraculous. Isn't mm. that so cool? That is How, cool. Yeah. And I think of like the story of Abraham and Isaac, right? When Abraham is, is told, 
to sacrifice his son. And that is like one of the biggest things that you could ever do, like with your faith, right? To trust Mm -hmm. God enough that you're going to do something like that. But I would imagine that to get to that point, God had given Abraham multiple experiences to prepare him for this, this bigger faith promoting experience. And so that's what God does with his children is that he gives us experiences throughout our life to build that faith line upon line as we choose the faith over the fear to help us become and actively make more decisions that require more faith. Isn't that cool? I love how you said that. And you know, I've often thought of this and you've very eloquently said kind of some of the thoughts that I've had, but I really believe that God is quick to answer the prayer of a child. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that this is why, is that he wants to help build that faith. Because I remember having a similar experience to you. I lost my toy telephone when I was five <laughs> or something and couldn't find my toy telephone and really wanted to play with it. And so I prayed and and the thought came to me to, to look under the bed. Well, it wasn't under the bed. Look in the closet. It wasn't under the closet. Well, look out in the sandbox. Oh, yeah, I was playing with it outside in the sandbox yesterday. That's where it is and ran out there. Lo and behold, is my my telephone. And I still remember that to this day. And I truly believe that as little children, um, God will quickly answer our prayers. And it's, I, I love this idea of preparatory faith. It's, it is to help us grow our faith. And because as we experience the, the answers to our prayers, as we experience these things, um, then it can grow. And then as we get older and we have a prayer that's not answered. Right. We're, we have some stuff in our bank, our bank account, our little Right. We're like, bank. well, it's happened in the past. So, you know, maybe it's not all bad. You know, maybe God does hear me. That Maybe there's another reason why I'm not getting an answer to this the way I think I should. And so, um, anyway, I love that your explanation about preparatory faith, faith versus redemptive faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, when I came across that study, I was like, wow, that is incredible. I've never really thought of faith that way, that we are prepared. Um, because if you think about it, like our ultimate goal in life is to eventually become a God, right? Is mm-hmm. to become who Heavenly Father wants us to become. And part of that is requires faith. And so, of course, he's going to ask us to do really hard things. And he's going to ask us to prepare our little children to have that redemptive faith so that we can move forward in the future. Oh, I love that. Thanks for sharing that, Haley. Um, you know, an, another part of President Nelson talk that I really loved um, was this idea that faith is a conduit of divine power. Um, because I've been studying a lot about um, how we can access God's power. And um, so I, I, I guess the question I have is what kind of power can we access through faith? Um, why should we try and, and develop this gift of faith? What can it do for us and our families? And is it worth the effort? That is an excellent question. <laughs> um, I think we've talked a lot that it is worth the effort. There is a reason why this is one of the three key principles that we're commanded to teach. Um, and I was doing a study about this too, because again, faith is something that I really struggle with. And so in a selfish way, I was like, okay, well, what's in it for me? (laughs) (laughs) But God is so good and he just knows me so well. And there are so many blessings and things that we can have in our lives that God wants to give us. 
And I was reading through President Nelson's talk again. I think everyone should read this again and study it because um, I, I learned some really cool things from there. But it talked about this power to move mountains in our lives and how we are all given trials and challenges, but that as we exercise that faith, God will magnify what we do have to help us move mountains. Um, and he talked about that nothing shall be impossible, that when we have faith in Christ, that we will be able to accomplish seemingly insurmountable odds, right? Mm. Um, there was another quote he said that, that the answer to each of your challenges is to increase your faith. The answer is faith. Like, if we can ingrain that in our minds and teach our kids how to increase their faith, that is how they are going to answer those challenges. That's how they're going to move forward in their lives is, is by exercising that faith. And so there are so many powerful things that we can have in our lives as we exercise that faith. Um, and one of the other, uh, one of the other thoughts that, that came to my mind is that, um, that, that President Nelson, he, he stated that we will be able to access miracles in our own lives and also in the lives of your family members. And so, Mom, mm. I wanted to ask you about how, how do you maybe, like, do you have an example of a time where you had made a decision based on faith and it had blessed the, bl- the, blessed the lives of, of maybe one of your kids? Um, you know, that's, I love that question. Um, I'm sure there's many answers, but but the one thing that I think comes to my mind first is after, so I think our, most of our listeners know, but, um, Jacob is my second child and Jacob has cerebral palsy. And, um, when my husband and I married, we wanted a large family. That was part of our, our decision process. He wanted to have he wanted to have enough boys for a basketball team. So he says, it doesn't matter how many kids we have, as long as we have enough boys for a basketball team. So didn't quite turn out that way. But um, <laughs> after Jacob was born and we realized that he would have severe physical challenges and that his needs would require a lot of extra attention and a lot of extra help and a lot of extra effort from us as a family, um, you know, we kind of, we kind of had a decision to make. And that was, do we, stop our family here and um, carry on with giving Jacob all that he needs or or do we continue to have faith and to continue to grow our family? And um, in reality, it really wasn't that big of a decision because for me, maybe it is because of my faith that comes easy for me, but I I just thought, you know what, if God gave us this um, child, there's a reason and um, I don't think it should stop us from having other children. But there were parents that I knew um, who chose differently. And um, I know particularly one mother that I got close to uh, that had a child with cerebral palsy, and it was her second child. And um, she did not have any more children. She couldn't um, handle having, you know, the the fear of maybe having another child with another disability or just the fear of trying to care for another child while she had the Mm -hmm. extra challenges of having a a child with a disability. And so, but for me, as I look at my life now, now Jacob is 28 years old and my family has mostly grown. I'm so grateful that I didn't stop my family after Jacob because I have so much joy from um, the rest of my kids, I I had four more kids after that, and um, 
they have brought me joy and happiness and um I anticipate they're going to bring me grandkids. And, uh, <laughs> and so for me, I just, that has really blessed my life that that decision to have faith and to move forward with our family, um, regardless of the challenges that we knew that we would have has blessed my life immensely. Um, so maybe that's an example. That was beautiful, mom. <laughs> um, I just, God just knows, doesn't he? He just totally knows. Yeah. Yeah. And if we have faith, we can, I mean, the, the plan that Heavenly Father has for us is so much better than our own plan. We just have to, to have the faith to let him execute his plan or to, to co-create yeah. with him and not try to feel like you have to have control over everything. Totally. And that's hard. Yeah. No, I think that was a beautiful example um, that miracles can come in our lives as we let God prevail as we let him in our lives. Um, Mom, I have one more question for you. Okay. Um, what do you think a lot of the mothers listening would do or accomplish if they had more faith? You know, that's kind of fun to imagine and think about what could happen if we all increased our faith. Um, I think that's what President Nelson is trying to do with this talk that he gave is to to challenge us to all exercise more faith and to grow our faith. Um and it I increased the the like possibility, right? I never really thought of that. Like, what can I accomplish with more faith? It's like this superpower that I just need to unlock. <laughs> right? I mean, I think that's what he's saying. What He's asking us to think about that question. What could you do if you had more faith? And as we all think about that and all work on that, think about the power that's within that, that paradigm shift. Um as I think about our, our listeners and our, as we practice being this, these fearless mothers of faith, I mean, that is, that is kind of what we want to, to term ourselves as we want to become fearless mothers of faith. And as we practice becoming that person, that mother, um, I think we set an example for our children. And, um, I think it allows Heavenly Father to bless us with personal revelation. And I think that that journey will, will look different for every family. But I think that as we, um, as we focus on helping our children learn this idea of faith, um, great and amazing things can happen. So mm -hmm. I don't know exactly what those are because I think they're going to be different for every person. But I would love to see what happens. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of of an experience I had. So when I was flying home from my mission, I was experiencing a lot of feelings. Uh-huh. <laughs> Obviously. I mean, like, it was just, I mean, a year and a half that I was leaving behind. And so I was on this airplane. And I remember our plane took off. And it was kind of cloudy in Oregon, like it usually is. <laughs> and we were like flying through the clouds and it was like really dark and gloomy. And I was like, wow, this is perfect for the occasion because I'm feeling all dark and gloomy. Anyways, <laughs> eventually we like break through the bottom layer of clouds and we get like to this, like the other side of them. And it was like the most beautiful thing that I've ever seen in my entire life. Like it was like underneath, it was just like this cloudy darkness. And then we like broke through the clouds and it was like this other layer of like, vastness and like beautiful like you could just see forever and it was just so light and beautiful and I almost think that's kind of how it is that the, the saying that's like oh the sky's the limit it's kind <laughs> of true you know like 
sometimes all we can see are those clouds. But I think the prophet is helping us realize and to recognize that, no, like break through those clouds because you can accomplish anything with your family when you exercise that faith in, in the in Jesus Christ. That there is so much more. There's so much more blessings and things that God and Heavenly Father that they want to give you as we learn how to break through those clouds. And I think like you're right, Mom, that it is a personal journey journey for each family. But just taking a moment to to recognize and just to think about the possibilities that you could accomplish with your family if you um, learn how to increase that faith. I love that. I love that. And I think it's all about just like Alma 32, how it talks about experimenting on faith, you know, experiment, see what happens, see what mm-hmm. happens as you exercise that faith, because, um, you know, in this, this talk from President Nelson, he's promising us great things will happen if we just exercise a little particle of faith. So I love that. Um, you know what I, I, and this brings me into this idea that, you know, our faith doesn't need to be perfect in order for us to receive those blessings. And so, in fact, even President Nelson's, the quote from his talk is, the Lord does not require perfect faith for us to have access to his perfect power. So our faith doesn't have to be perfect. We can just take this little particle of hope and say, Heavenly Father, I hope this is true. I'm going to try it and see what happens. But But what does that mean to you, Haley, as we talk about you know, you don't have to have perfect faith to receive access to his perfect power. Yeah, good question. I think for me, this honestly gives me so much peace and comfort and even more faith. Um, because I'm already bad at at faith. <laughs> but this comforting promise almost gives me that extra motivation just to move forward that I do not have to have perfect faith. In fact, God does not require that from me to have access to his perfect power. Um, and again, when I was coming home from my mission, I was the, I was having those feelings of anxiety and I was so sad and I was excited to see my family, but I just didn't want to leave Oregon. I didn't want to leave those people behind. Um, but I remember, I mean, I feel like now that I look back, I, I realized that I was given way much more faith to move forward in the future than I thought I did at the moment. Because when I was flying home, I was like, I don't know if I can do the future. I don't know if I can date people. I don't know if I can go to school and and pay rent and leave my mom. (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. But I realized that God, I think, I think faith maybe is something that we access one day at a time. That is this active choice that every minute, every hour of every day that we choose And so sometimes I will look back on a situation and realize that I had way more faith than I realized and that God, I think I've learned a lot, that he is literally the master of filling gaps and magnifying our imperfect faith. That's why he says, I don't require perfect faith from you to have access to my perfect power. And I think for me, that just gives me a lot of hope and courage, knowing that if I do my best and if I'm trying to exercise my faith, that God, he will magnify my imperfect I so believe that. I I just have, I have had enough experience with exercising faith to, to know that that is true. That 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 idea is that God just doesn't expect us to be perfect. He just expects us to try and to have effort. And so, for me as a parent, as I think about um, this idea, um, it gives me permission to experiment to to 
allow my kids to experiment. You know, if I don't have to be perfect at it, then we can just try it and see what happens. And if it doesn't happen the way I thought it would happen, well, then who cares? Yeah, now I know. Now I know a different way. So, you know, one of the one of our listeners, um, my friend of mine, Stephanie, she she's got four little girls. Um, and she was working with, with us and we had a, we were working on the theme of God wants to help us. And so we were really concentrating on this idea of helping our children understand that God wants to help us. We just have to ask. He's there for us. What can we do? And, um, so one of her little girls, um, the, the, I think she, I think she was the five-year-old. She wanted to learn to do a cartwheel. And she says, I want to ask God to help me learn to do a cartwheel. You know, isn't that just such a five-year-old thing? That's so cute. <laughs> you know, we, I want to find my telephone. You want to find your soccer ball. She wants to learn to do a cartwheel. <laughs> so she's asking God to help her learn to do a cartwheel. And so she's practicing and she pract- she's practicing and they're praying that she can learn to do this. And her older sister and her were playing one day and um, the five-year-old does a cartwheel. And her older sister is so excited. She starts jumping up and down. She's saying, it works. It works. It really works. <laughs> so so, so that is, isn't that the cutest thing? And her mom was so ha- excited too, because she says, you know what? It was totally them. And all I had done was talk about how God wants to help us and how we, you know, we were praying for this. And then this experience <laughs> happened and they learned for themselves. I mean, it wasn't me saying, look, you just did a cartwheel. It was them saying, it works. You know, that was a confirmation to them that their faith that God would help them worked. And so mm-hmm. I just believe that that is how God that that's how God works is that he will um, help us as we experiment, as we put forth that faith and we ask for his help, he will answer that and increase our faith. Totally. And I love what Stephanie, I mean, like she put that effort in beforehand, right? Where she was talking with her kids. She was telling them, God wants to help us. Let's talk about this. Let's, what do you want to do? And mm-hmm. then when that does happen, those kids are recognizing that was God. It works. Prayer yeah. works. Faith works, right? I yeah. think that's awesome. That's such a cute story. Awesome. Well, <clears throat> Mom, um, you and Lindsay have been talking about being fearless mothers of faith. What does that even mean? <laughs> right? I mean, what does that in- include? Um, so as we've kind of thought about it, we've come up with some things that we feel describe what it's like to be a fearless mother of faith. And we find, we've found that those mothers who... Um, take on that, that, that title are those that trust in God's promises. Um, so they are exercising this faith. You know, we trust that when God says that he will answer our prayers or that he will give us revelation, that he will do this. And, and at the same time, they're not afraid to invite their children to act on the things that they're learning. So, um, while they have faith, they also want to challenge their children to have faith and to have those experiences for themselves. And so um, fearless mothers of faith are challenging their children or inviting them to to act on the things that they're learning. Um, fearless mothers of faith are are not swayed by the opinions of other mothers or even their own children. Um, you know, we've got 
children who will say, I don't want to do scripture study this morning. I'm too tired. Or do we have to have come follow me? And and these fearless mothers are going to say, yep, we do. Come on, it's time. <laughs> They're not going to, to, because they know how important it is and how um, important it is for them to, to, to be consistent on this. They're going to say, you know what? I appreciate your opinion, but we're still going to go forward with this. Um, I think fearless mothers of faith, and, and not to say that we're perfect at this, right? This is, we're becoming fearless mothers of faith. It's not that we're there, we're becoming, and so we're practicing as well. But as we practice these skills, we know where we're going. We know what we're trying to accomplish. And so we're willing to make some sacrifices to help get our family there. We know that we need to have scripture study every day. And so we're going to do what it takes. We're going to cut back our schedule so that we have time to do that. We're going to, um, you know, not listen to our kids when they whine about it or, or, you know, we're going to, we know where we want to go. And so we're going to do what it takes to get there. Um, and also then as fearless mothers of faith, we recognize that, um, we have to improve ourselves. It's not just a journey for our kids, but it's a journey for ourselves. And so we want to be consistently learning and growing and becoming closer to our Savior and then um, helping our children come and join us in that journey. It's not us telling them. It's not us pushing them towards the Savior. It's us um, gathering them under our wings and moving forward together as a family towards our Savior. And so that's kind of the vision that we have of becoming fearless mothers of faith is this journey that we're all on to to choose to have faith and to choose to uh, move forward on those things that we know to be where our family that will take us to where we want our family to be I love it I I totally love that um you know, it reminds me, I think it was President Bednar that talked about, um, I mean, he says a lot of good things, <laughs> yeah. but he said something where he was like, we are teaching our children or we're teaching others how to learn for themselves. We have to let our kids and those around us experience the gospel. We cannot force them. And so I think that's kind of what you and Lindsay are encompass encompassing is that fearless mothers of faith are willing to learn how to do that willing to learn how to teach others to learn for themselves, which is kind of like a, I think I just had a conundrum in my brain, but <laughs> does that make sense? <laughs> yes, absolutely. In fact, you know what, Haley, I have this quote that I want to read. I, you just, I, I didn't know if I was going to share it or not, but what you said um, leads so well into it. So um, actually, um, Sister Jones in the last conference quoted President Henry B. Irene, um, and he taught this. He says, we have the greatest opportunity with the young. The best time to teach is early, while children are still immune to the temptations of the mortal enemy, and long before the world's, the words of truth may be harder for them to hear in the noise of their personal struggles. So mm -hmm. I really believe that the time to teach our children these things is, is when they're young. It's so easy for them to believe, um, when they're young and so easy for them to hear our voices because they don't have the world clamoring at them as they do as they get older. And so, right. so we have to recognize that we have to take advantage of this time when they're young and they're in our home and where we're their life because that changes so quickly as they grow. Um, yeah. I, can I make a comment? Real quick? Yes, please. 
it just reminds me of what we were talking about before with the preparatory and redemptive faith that we're preparing them, right? Yeah. This is the time to to help them prepare so that when they do face those the world, that they will have the faith necessary, or at least like being taught those things to know where to turn when it's when when the time comes and when they are faced with those decisions. Yes, uh, that's exactly what we're trying to do. And that's so important. And, um, you know, I love this idea that faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is the greatest power available to us. Um, and I don't think we recognize how much power that really is. I mean, think about the power that it takes to create worlds. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ and God made this world. We can act, we can have access to that power. He wants to share that with us. He wants us to have access to the power. And so, um, we're growing our faith in him. And as we grow that faith, we'll learn to move these mountains of, of misery, these, these mountains of challenges out of our life as we choose to have faith. Um, President Nelson says that our flourishing faith will help us turn our challenges into unparalleled growth and opportunity. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be growing. It just has to be, um, flourishing as, you know, as we feed it and as we choose to have faith over fear, we'll see those wonderful growth opportunities happening before our eyes. And I think yep. that as fearless mothers of faith, that, that we want this power. We want this power for ourselves and we want this power for our children because we know that as we have access to that power, then we have power over Satan. He cannot um, take control of our lives if we have access to God's power. Exactly. I love it, Mom. I absolutely love it. Um, aren't you and Lindsay, um, just wrapping up here in the next couple minutes, but aren't you and Lindsay doing a special challenge this next week to help mothers as they try to become fearless mothers of faith that you are talking about? Yeah. And so one of the things that we found that seems to be really helpful for our mothers is to go through this challenge with us. And so we're starting this challenge next week, um, April 19th. Um, it's a five-day challenge where we help teach you specific tools that you can use to help teach your children in a way that will really prepare them to make and keep these these sacred covenants. And we do it together as a group. And so we share our, our wins, our strengths. That was that was one of the things I was to- telling you about um, Stephanie when she, we were working on um, God mm-hmm. Wants to to help us. That was the challenge that we had that she joined us and she enjoyed it so much. She's going to join join us again for this next challenge because she learned so much about how to help her children have these experiences for themselves and how to, um, you know, get that teaching down deep into her heart. And, um, it was a great experience. So we're, we're going to do it again. And we found that it's a really fun thing as we do this challenge together. So if you're interested in taking some serious steps closer to becoming a, a teacher, like a fearless mother of faith, then we invite you to join us uh, on that challenge. And that challenge, um, you can sign up to join us there at myteachingmatters.com backslash challenge. That's myteachingmatter.com backslash challenge. Um, and come join us. It, it will be a lot of fun. So Haley, thanks for um, doing this podcast with me today. I love your insights on faith. I've been edified and I hope that those who have been <laughs> with us today have also. Um, but well, thanks for having me. But thank you. Um, 
Remember, everybody, that your teaching matters, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.